just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Sunday. And I have to be upfront and honest, this show is going to be a little different than what was initially planned. You see, I recorded a show with Ed yesterday afternoon, and that was intended to run right now. And it will run right now, but I found myself in a position where I needed to add to that show. And that's what I'm doing right now. This part is being recorded in the early morning hours of Sunday. Now, the reason I needed to add to this show I'd already done with Ed is because, frankly, some shit went down since I ended the recording with Ed and right now. You no doubt have heard that the Democrats have won the Senate seat in Nevada. That's big news because that gives the Democrats 50 senators at least in the U.S. Senate, which allows them to maintain the majority. That's a big deal. And that's even before we know what happens in Georgia with Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. I mean, that could conceivably give the uh, Democrats 51 senators. We'll keep our fingers crossed on that. And we're going to talk more about that in a second. But first, I wanted to check in with an email from Ilona. Now, she's written before. She says, hi, Mike, I know you probably don't hear this often enough at home from your wife, but I would like to just say it. You were right. There was no red wave after all. Congratulations. Well, Alona, thank you very much. And you're absolutely correct. I don't hear you're right very often here at home. In fact, I think the last time I heard it was uh, like in the 80s. So it's much appreciated, Alona. I appreciate it very much. She goes on to say, I'm glad that I was in the know simply by listening to you reason it out on your podcast. I guess that's why you call your show Rational Boomer. I appreciate that you use facts to support your opinions and conclusions. It's a pleasure to listen to someone who doesn't just pull stuff out of their ass. It's so rare. Thanks, Mike. It's wonderful that finally the Republicans are turning against Trump. I saw on Twitter yesterday people admitting they voted for Donald both times and that they would never vote for him again. It's great to see his supporters flee, but I can't get over the fact that they voted for him at all. While I'm glad they've come to their senses or find it in their best interest not to be associated with a sinking ship, it came at a price to our oppressed poor and middle-class citizens. I can't unsee what they showed me for the past six years. Their excuses and rationalizations were ridiculous, selfish, willfully ignorant, racist, elitist, and misogynistic. I won't forget the people in my life who were okay voting for him because it is unforgivable. Keep up the good work, Mike. Alona, P.S. I'm still holding hope that Bobo and Walker will be out. Yeah, we all are. And I appreciate that, Alona. Um, And I appreciate the fact that uh, you were listening and you gave me the benefit of the doubt when I was saying things that nobody else was saying or very few people were saying. 
And I think the difference is 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 when you're in the media, you you, you like the emotional stuff. You like the the drama or the trauma. It's going to get you viewers or listeners, and you want to mix it up as much as possible. Over the years, I've taught myself how to make decisions without letting my emotions get into it. Now, my emotions would tell me, I want the Democrats to win it all. They should beat everybody. But I knew when I rationalized it out, that wasn't going to happen. But I also rationalized out that there was no way there was going to be a red wave. Too much was done to hurt the Republican Party by the Republican Party. I've said it a million times. You can't take away constitutional rights away from women. Piss off 70% of this country. Do the things they've done and be exposed for the criminality and the corruption they've been involved in and expect to get votes. It just makes no sense. I think what happened with the Republicans, they keep spewing this stuff. They keep saying it louder and longer than everybody else. And apparently it's true. If you lie long enough, eventually people will believe it. And the trouble with the general uh, population in this country, they not only heard it from the Republicans, the left side media bought into it and they were scaring you. Whether they didn't get it or whether they were just trying to stir you up for viewership, I don't know. But the problem is, it's like that game of telephone. You keep talking and it keeps getting different and sometimes it gets more hyped up. And when they hype you up, it's it's hard not to get caught up in it. I think a lot of people expect the worst and uh, hope for the best and that's not really a good way to do things. Assume the best and deal with the worst if it should happen. But if you assume the best, chances are you're not going to get the worst. Your fears and your anticipation never end up being as bad as you thought they would be. It's all in your head. So when I listen to the media, I understand what they do, how they do it, and why they do it. And I take it with a grain of salt. And then when I talk to people on the streets or whoever, I know they're getting emotional about this. They keep hearing this and they assume, oh, it's going to go to shit. They get all emotional about it. They get scared. And they can't even see the facts. I try to separate myself from that. I try to just look at the facts, not get emotional. And that's hard to do, but I try to do that. And then talk about things based on facts, not emotions, not bullshit, not rhetoric. And a lot of times it works out. Now, I'll be honest with you. I can be wrong. I'm frequently wrong. But in this case, it didn't seem to make any sense that I would be wrong in this. I understand people, and if you piss off women, take away a constitutional right, and take away their bodily autonomy, they're going to be pissed, and they're going to be scared. And we found out in 2020, when you scare people, it gets the Democrats' vote. People were scared of Donald Trump. That's why he got his ass kicked in 2020. All right, let's talk about the the things that happened last night with multiple outlets reporting the latest numbers in Nevada project victory for Democratic Senator Catherine Cortez Masto over Republican challenger Adam Laxalt. 
That means the Democrats, of course, will retain control of the United States Senate. It is a devastating result for Republicans and somewhat surprising victory for Democrats. Now, if you remember this whole race, uh, Cortez Masto was behind by three or four or five or six points for most of the time we've been watching it since election night. But it all has to do with where the votes come from. And a lot of the votes that were not yet counted a night or two ago were coming from Democratic strongholds. So as much as it looked like she was behind, they knew she would pick some up when those votes were counted. I think a lot of people weren't ready to say that she was going to win, but they knew it would tighten the race. But then it got to the point where almost all the votes that were yet to be counted were more siding with the Democrats, and people started to get the feel that uh, Cortez Masto would win. And damned if she didn't. And it's a perfect situation because that one Senate seat gives the Democrats a majority in the Senate. I mean, the idea that in a midterms, if the Republicans had won by one vote, that would have been a win. That would have been a huge win based on what happens in the midterms. But now for the Democrats to maintain their majority in the U.S. Senate, that's a fucking embarrassment. And imagine this. If in Georgia, Raphael Warnock beats Herschel Walker, and I believe he will, that gives the Democrats 51 votes, 51 senators. And why that's important, because then that will cancel out Joe Manchin. I know we have Christian cinema to deal with, but I think Christian cinema is going to take a different tact. And you'll hear more about that, why we think she'll take a different tact when you hear the show with Ed, which will immediately follow when I'm done here. Uh, so I'm not as worried about cinema as I am Joe Manchin. Uh, and if we can get one extra senator and cancel him out, that's going to make a lot of things a lot easier. Now, with this win, as I said, the Democrats will retain control of the Senate regardless of the outcome in Georgia's race. We've got the Senate right now. Uh, CNN's Wolf Blitzer almost couldn't keep the enthusiasm out of his voice as he reported Senator Cortez Masto defied expectations, sealing the Democrats' control of the United States for another two years. So this, this, this is very important. This is amazing. And uh, as I said before, I think they will hold the Senate and possibly the House. And we're going to talk about the House here in a minute. But the biggest point of this was, and this is why I think it's going to change the paradigm in this country and with the political parties and with our Congress, Donald Trump is no longer a kingmaker. In fact, people are getting a little disgusted with Donald Trump. And they're backing away from Donald Trump. They're pulling their support. They're saying, hey, you know, you probably shouldn't announce that you're running for president. You probably shouldn't run in 2024. So Donald Trump's position is weakened by a long shot. And he's upset. He's screaming. He's yelling. He's mad. 
And I was thinking about this. There might be an extra perk to this whole thing with the Republicans and their poor showing in the midterms. Now, as I've said before, after the midterms, I'm expecting this to become uh, indictment season. All the restraints are off. People like Merrick Garland, people like Fonnie Willis, the folks in New York, Alvin Bragg, they're in a position now where they don't have the restrictions of uh, an upcoming election. So the indictments could fly. Now, there's always some fear or concern about indicting a former president. It's never been done before. So people are obviously a little leery. And part of the reason it's leery is because of all the support a former president might have. You go and indict a former president, this could be an upheaval in this country. This could cause a lot of problems. It could potentially cause uh, violence, which I don't think will happen, but that's what they're thinking about. But now that the midterms are over, the Republicans underperformed. I mean, they're aghast. They don't know what fucking happened. They have no idea. They were blindsided. They're confused now and don't really know what to do, but they do know one thing. They know how to place blame. And they are blaming Donald Trump for the midterms. They're putting it all on him. They don't want him around anymore. So if Donald Trump's position is weaker, does this make it easier for Merrick Garland, Alvin Bragg, Fonnie Willis, or whoever? Does it make it easier for them to make a decision to indict him? If no one's going to be standing in their way, and the problems that they potentially perceived are not going to happen, I would think it's going to make it easier for them to make that decision. It's very, very interesting. I mean, Merrick Garland put something out, I think yesterday, and basically said um, that he's looking at deciding whether to prosecute Donald Trump and he's looking at it to see if there was a crime actually committed. And would anybody else who had done this, would they have been prosecuted? Well, the answer to those two things are clearly yes. I mean, we've got legal experts and we ourselves can see that the crimes he committed were clearly in front of your face. So those two things are answered. And Merrick Garland went on to say, look, I don't care about anything else other than if they broke the law. I don't care about potential violence. I don't care about the political aspects. I don't care about all that stuff. So it sounds like to me that Merrick Garland is preparing us for that indictment or indictments because I think there'll be a lot more other than Donald Trump. We might be looking at sitting members of Congress, and Ed and I talk about that in the show that you'll hear in a few moments. So I think this is all good news. I think it's an extra perk we get from the Republicans taking a shit at the midterms. I think this is going to make it easier for Merrick Garland and anybody else thinking about indicting Donald Trump. Now, the next thing is the House. Now, it seems to have been a foregone conclusion that the Republicans are going to win the House. I will say, ahead of the election, I said, I think 
the Democrats can hold the House. And for the very same reason I talked about before, logic, facts. Uh, But still, as we got into it, right after the midterm elections, when not nearly all the ballots were counted, the Republicans were already counting their chickens. They were already um, excited. Well, when we get in, we're going to do that and going to do that. They thought that would at least be a slam dunk, but turns out it isn't. It isn't a slam dunk. In fact, as we go day to day, the Democrats get closer and closer to ultimately maintaining control of the House. Now, here's the thing you have to understand. No matter who controls the House, it ain't going to be by very much. It might be two or three possible uh, um, seats in the House of Representatives. And if the Republicans get like 219 or 220, they're going to have a problem. They're going to have a problem because a lot of these Republicans that are crazy are going to take one side. The ones that don't want to be associated with them will take another side, and that will weaken the Republican Party. We don't even know if Kevin McCarthy will be get enough votes to be the Speaker of the House. So <clears throat> there's a lot of things happening here. Now, MSNBC's elections guru, Steve Kornacki, you no doubt know who he is. On Saturday, he revealed their new estimates for how the final undecided House races will pan out and said the margin of error on the razor-thin majority for Republicans could easily go the other way. Now, speaking uh, with the host of that show, Ali Veshi, just ahead of the new updates out of the Maricopa County, Kornacki covered the network's new projections on control of the U.S. House of Representatives. He said the midterms did not deliver anything close to a red wave, and we know that. And as the counting continues in some areas, the margin of victory uh, estimated for the GOP continues to dwindle, with control of both the House and Senate not yet decided. Well, we know the Senate is decided. That's going Democrat. We've been tracking that battle for control of the House, said Kornacki, noting that there are about 20 uncalled races. I think there are fewer now. The decision desk has revised its estimate for where the House will land, and it, and look at this, he said. As the graphics updated, 218 seats needed for a majority in the House, and we are now estimating the Republicans will finish with 219. Now, you have to understand the first estimates were like 222, 223. So they have dwindled some, and there are just a few elections yet to be counted. And uh, as Kornacki said, it could easily go the way of the Democrats. The Republicans still favored, but the Democrats could take it. What you have to understand is this whole midterm election, Republicans losing the Senate and cutting it razor thin in the House is absolutely demoralizing for the Republicans. This is going to throw them in a tizzy. Like I said, it's going to split up the Republican Party and it's going to make them weaker. A lot of these people are saying, well, we better step back and recalibrate. 
Well, if they want to recalibrate and rehabilitate the Republican Party, that's going to take time. It could take five to ten years, which puts them out of the mix in 2024 for the presidential election. They've got to establish some things. And here's the thing. With with the House, even if the Republicans get the majority, it's going to be maybe one or two seats. Over the next two years, now that they've established everything they did up to the midterms, didn't do shit, meaning they have done nothing. They have had no strategy, no policy, no platform. They had no plans or ideas for anything. All they wanted to do is own the libtards. So now, between 2022 and 2024, they're going to have to get active. But they don't really have the power to get active and get things done. So you know what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to negotiate with the Democrats. They're going to want to separate themselves from the crazies. And some of the normal, relatively normal Republicans will now have to um, maybe compromise with the Democrats so they can show they did something to have any kind of showing in 2024. So leading up to the midterms, everybody was worried about losing our democracy and everything was going to go to shit. Well, if you listen to those people who were concerned about us losing our democracy, they ain't worried anymore. They're feeling more comfortable. The Republicans don't have the power, even if they win the House, to do jack shit. So there's no reason to worry. All right. There you go with the update. Now, Next up, you're going to hear the actual program that I recorded yesterday with Ed. And you'll want to stick around for that. So let's check out that show right now. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. We have Ed with us. Very opportune time. We're finally beyond the midterms and we're getting some sense of what's going on in the midterms. And We heard from a lot of people, the Republicans, even some of the left side media, that this was going to be a red wave, and it was not a red wave. And actually, it wasn't a blue wave, but it is unprecedented in midterm history, what the Democrats did. So it's it's very impressive for them. I said that uh, I believe the Democrats would win back the Senate and the House. Right now, we're waiting to hear on Nevada if, if, if the— uh, Democrats take Nevada, they they win the majority in the Senate, regardless of what happens with Warnock and Herschel Walker. The House, we're still waiting for. But, Ed, I know a lot of people thought there was no chance that the uh, the uh, Democrats would win the House. But there's still a fucking chance. There is. And uh, what is it? The Republicans need uh, uh, a few less. They need seven, it. I think. Yeah. And uh, it could still happen. You know, we'll we'll just have to wait and see on that. But does it really matter? Probably yes. I mean, if you have both houses and the presidency, especially with a little bit better margin, yeah. um, then then you've got carte blanche to do a lot of stuff uh, that needs doing that couldn't get done in the last two years because of Republican obstruction and two Democrats who joined them. Right. Uh, right. And if, you know, so, if, Herschel, if Herschel Walker gets beat in Georgia and we win Nevada, uh, that one extra vote in the Senate pretty much cancels out Manchin. 
takes yeah. the power away from him. We'd like to have two to get rid of cinema too, but um, cinema's two years away from election too. She might be a little more malleable <laughs> in the next two Maybe. years. Maybe I think as surely she realizes she won't be reelected based on her performance. I mean, she didn't please anybody except a few hedge fund hedge fund managers, right? So, yeah. So now she's going to have to put on a little tap dance between now and uh, 2024 when she's up for reelection because she's in some real fucking trouble. You know, it was funny. I was I watched a clip from Fox News, and this illustrated <laughs> to me just how oblivious and ignorant these people are. Jesse Waters was on. I don't like this guy. I don't even know if he's serious half the time because it all seems tongue in cheek. He's got this right. cute little clever delivery like Tucker Carlson. It's fucking annoying and childish. But anyway, he was just taken aback that all these unmarried women voted against the Republicans. And not only just the unmarried women, but all these young people, millennials and Gen Zs, they all voted against the Republicans. They could not believe it. They think that the young people are being brainwashed. Well, here's the deal. It doesn't take a fucking genius to realize that if you take away the constitutional right and the bodily autonomy of these unmarried women, they aren't going to take too kindly of it. I don't know why that's not obvious. And and with regards to the young people, they see the white supremacy, the racism, the misogyny, the anti-Semitism, the insurrection, the fucking coup, the trees and all this stuff. These young people are finally really realizing that all these old white men are going to destroy this country and leave them holding the bag. So they're going to get those fuckers out of there. I can't believe they can't grasp that. And uh, what they the the thing that they failed most of all to realize, and this is a failing that they will never ever be able to internalize. Young people, Gen Z, especially, and even even a couple of generations before that, more than we boomers, do not see themselves as white. They see themselves as people, right? And they have black friends. They have Asian friends that are just as tight as their white friends they don't they literally do not see color in the way that even you and i do still they uh i mean they're listening they grew up listening to rap music being their favorite kind of music and then they started listening to k-pop you know i mean this is a this is a the most uh on white supremacist group of people you will ever meet. As a matter of fact, they're probably embarrassed by their parents and their grandparents for being such dicks about race. Right. So right. Uh, that is going to play and it's going to continue to play and there's nothing they can do about it. it. You know, it's funny when, when I remember back in the sixties, let's talk about the young people just briefly when back in the sixties and even the seventies, if I was a young man walking down the street and I saw an interracial couple, black man, white woman, white man, black woman, I go, wow, that's weird. Yeah. That would, that would take me aback. But yeah. now these young people, it's more mainstream to them. They don't even think about it. White guy is dating or marries a black woman. No big deal. Black man marries a white woman. No big deal. It's part of the mainstream now, and it's a total different mindset. And a lot of people my age and your age grew up with that and just weren't bright enough or sophisticated enough to evolve with the times. It was always okay. It's just the perception back then was different than it is now. 
And that's a positive thing for the the condition of the races and living together. Absolutely. And it's not just race either. It's they relate to uh, people who are different. Uh, they To gender, for example. OK, right, right. Um, within our generation, some of us at least became comfortable with the idea that there are gay and lesbian people. Who, uh, who love each other, that they didn't make a choice. It is something that is part of them, and we're able to see that. Um, many of our peers could not do that, still can't. And even in succeeding generations, they could not see that. They don't understand transgender. That's why the, the right tries to use it as such a weapon, because it still seems it still seems other. It still seems different. But to these kids, no. It doesn't they no. recognize a broad spectrum of gender, which also psychologists do. I mean, the, the, the Gen Z's, the people coming out to vote now, they have a whole different perspective. I, I even wrote on Twitter, you know, the, the these people, this, I, well, that's beside the point. It's just that this is the new America. And they right. recognize it, and you are never going to drag it back. I don't care if you live in Texas or where you live. You can stall it for a while, but eventually you're going to be overwhelmed. And I'm sorry, it's just going to happen. They're still going to be conservative and liberal on maybe fiscal things and that sort of thing. But ultimately, we are going to be a uh, what they used to call the melting pot, right? Right, right. Well, right. we're going to be get back to that, right? I mean, we became very fragmented over the last thirty odd years or so forth, and, and and that was on purpose because there were people pushing that, right? Well, that is being overcome now, and we're seeing it in this election. I still think abortion was the big driver here. Absolutely, really no question, did. no question. But also, Gen Z came on strong. They did, and we kind of expected they did. And, you know, I said this all along, that uh, you can't just take away a constitutional right from 50% of this country and expect them to be okay with it, and clearly they weren't. They thought that overturning Roe v. Wade was like any one of their other scandals, that given time, they'll just smooth it over and they'll get over it and worry about inflation instead of uh, the uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade. Well, if you know women, you know that's bullshit. If you know the people of this country, it's bullshit. I mean, one of the things that the Republicans do now, everything they do is about fear. They don't like transgendered people. So what they do is they try to inflict inflict uh, fear into the older people, people of their generation or just below it by saying, if you don't do something about this now, your kids are going to be transgendered. And people go, oh, no, I, I can't have that. I mean, there was a time in the 60s and 70s that uh, women could not have credit cards and could not buy their own home without a co-signer by a man. Well, that's not the oh, yeah, and 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 that's not the case anymore, and it's mainstream. And I'm sure the Republicans and the old white men uh, let go of that, but kicking and screaming, but they had to deal with it. And the same is going to be said for the transgendered LGBTQ and abortion and all these things. You can't stop progress. You can't take it back to the 50s, and they're finding out the hard way now. 
Right, exactly. And I, I have to put this this out there. That did not just happen. It wasn't that the bankers suddenly woke up one day and said, hey, we're disenfranchising half the people. We can sell this woman a house. She's got a good job. She's maybe never going to get married. You know, she has a special friend, <laughs> whatever, you know, but they didn't come to that point. They were forced to do it because liberals were elected in enough numbers to change things, to say, no, you cannot discriminate. We did the same thing with voting rights. Now, unfortunately, the Republicans were able to get a bunch of partisan hacks on the Supreme Court who yeah. vacated part of the Voting Rights Act. They they were able to roll back abortion in some states and so forth. So we got to get rid of those. But the, you, the only time you get progress, the only time you get progress, I'll say it again, is when liberals are in charge. I'm sorry. It just right, doesn't sure. happen otherwise. Conservatives are for preserving what is because it's good for them. That's all they are. Right. And in recent years, what's good for them means what's good for the guys who pay them. Right. And right. that is the, the very wealthy and corporations. And we've been here before. This is not new. Before the Great Depression, this is we were in exactly the same spot. We had a few families with huge amounts of huge amounts of money. Everybody else was working for nothing. Right. Exactly. Then but then liberals got in charge and we we suddenly found we had a middle class over the next 20 odd years and and uh we could fund public schools which we didn't before and right. people don't realize that there were no public schools per se i mean they they served a small group of people maybe in towns there might be one but out in the country there were little groups that met in churches and so forth um, it wasn't until Franklin Roosevelt and uh, the New Deal that we became a country where poor folks, middle, cl middle class folks had a piece of the pie, um, mostly white people, let's yeah. be honest here, but uh, we've seen that beginning with Reagan, even actually leading up to Reagan, we've seen that being rolled back, rolled back, rolled back. And and people even forget that it ever existed. If right. you didn't grow up in the 50s and early 60s, you don't remember how it was. But it was much better than it is today for ordinary people. Yeah. Well, it's 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 interesting now that what we have, I, I, I feel confident saying that the Democrats will probably get back control of the Senate. I think they'll get it in Nevada. And at the very least, they're going to get it in 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 Georgia if that's where they have to go. If say Nevada goes Republican, I just don't see that happening though. But if it's a fifty fifty split or a fifty one fifty split, that that's going to be great. That's totally unexpected in a midterm like this. The House, um, the Democrats could win it with the with the way the vibe is these days all these things happening it seems like everything is going the way of the democrats so i wouldn't be surprised if they won the house but even if they don't win the house they're going to have the republicans will have an advantage of like four or five maybe six people at most and that paints a different picture for the the house of representatives because 
Kevin McCarthy isn't a shoe in to be the Speaker of the House. In fact, I would think it's unlikely if they only get three or four or five or six uh, seats extra because he needs 218 votes to become Speaker of the House. And uh, right. there's a lot of people don't like that motherfucker on the Republican yeah, side. And, and the influential people within the party are speaking out against him. Now, they are. I will say it. A lot of them are the fringe groups. They're the Mary, the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Jim Jordans and, and people like that are speaking out against McCarthy and uh, Mitch McConnell as well. But this is what happened to John Boehner with the Freedom Caucus or whatever they called themselves back then. It's always the crazy fringe, right? Right. And, uh, uh, you know, beginning with Newt Gingrich with his. Uh, um, contract on America people and, and all of that, you know, they've, uh, they've knocked out some reasonable Republicans, right? But right. Uh, we'll see how it goes. My fear is still they will try to force a, uh, they will refuse to uh, raise the debt ceiling and try to force some sort of uh, compromise on what they call entitlements, what the rest of us called what we're due because we paid for it. Right. Of Social Security and Medicare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see if you th- see if you agree with me here, though. But you know, one of the things I said before the election, I said once this goes down, it's going to kind of change the paradigm. It's going to change the climate in politics in this country. Now we have a Republican Party who had a poor showing in the midterms, and you know the the radicals the the base they're go- they're not going to change they're just going to be the same but there's a large percentage of the republican parties that sitting back saying oh we fucked up we got to do so. if we want to save this party we've got to adjust so now when a vote comes up in the house um say like impeaching joe biden which is not going to happen but say they want to impeach joe biden and all the crazies want to vote for that you have all the yeah. Democrats that'll vote against him, of course. Right. But but you have Republicans on the other side going, God, we want to save this fucking country or this party. I can't side with those fuckers because they're going down. So they're going to have to be more, I, I won't say moderate, but they're going to have to be um, able to compromise with, with the Democrats. And they may say, I'm better off siding with the Democrats on this than with the crazies. I mean, we've accomplished nothing. So at this point, if we're going to 2024, we have to give the appearance that we accomplished something. They didn't believe they had to do that before the midterms, but now they're getting it. So I'm thinking we're going to see a Republican House that's a little more accommodating, regardless of who's the uh, Speaker of the House, a little more accommodating with, with the Democrats, if for no other reason, to separate themselves from the crazies. I hope you're right. Um, I tend to be a little less charitable toward uh, the Republicans in the House. I'm not sure that there are any decent ones left, to be honest with you. I'm not um, saying they're decent. I'm just saying they're opportunists. They're, they're seeing what's going to get them votes, and they will do anything to get them votes. Um, it may be. Uh, what I see is they're saying, no, 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 no more Trump. Trump's bad. Let's do DeSantis, who is exactly the fucking same thing as Trump. Um, They have not had a change of heart in that way. If they were looking at a more moderate Republican of some sort who they think could carry some independent votes and so forth, 
then then I would I would have a little uh, little more uh, uh, cause of uh, a little more hope that they're moderating. But what I see is that DeSantis is just as bad, just as awful, and in some ways even worse. But but he won, so so we're going to go with him. Well, that's possible, but I, I yeah, that, yeah, I get that. But but the thing about it is, there's as much as there's horrible re- Republicans. Maybe they're all horrible, but there are some that are a little more savvy and a little 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 more sophisticated in what they're doing. They're seeing what happened with Donald Trump. It took a shit. It cost them a, a, an important election, and they're going to look at Ron DeSantis. We're two years out from the presidential election. To, to say who's going to be the candidates is ridiculous because every time that comes up uh, two years in advance of a presidential election, we see the front runners and they're never the front runners when it gets to it. So I'm not convinced that he's going to be there for any number of reasons. But I got to believe that some of the more intelligent Republicans are going, OK, this is what happened with Trump. DeSantis is just like Trump. Do we really want to get back on that fucking ride again? Do we want to do something to salvage this party or just throw it all away? I have to feel that there are some of those people that, that have enough common sense to see that. Well, you, you do have, you know, you have the, uh, the old guard Republicans that, uh, um, kind of were, were quieter and let the crazies do the talking, right? Right. Um, and, but they didn't want to cross Trump, so they didn't come out against him. At least most of them didn't. Um, Newt, or not Newt, uh, the guy from, uh, uh, the Mormon guy who ran for president. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know who I mean? Yeah. Um, Mitt, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, right. You know, who, who opposed, uh, you know, Trump and voted to impeach and, and various things along the lines. At least he's, he's been there and because he knew he was, Essentially, he a bulletproof as far as uh, elections go, right? Coming from where he does and being who he is. And there are a few others like that. And then you had a couple like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger who were willing to give up their careers for now in, in order to uh, try to save their party from Trump. Because ultimately, I think that's what they were trying to do, because they saw that their party was going to go down the toilet if they stuck with Trump. Um we're going to see what happens on Tuesday. I think that's going to be a big deal. If he comes out and says, I'm running for president, then that puts him on the spot. Yeah. What are they going to do? What are all, they're all going to have to, every one of them is going to have a microphone shoved in their face and they're going to be asked, are you going to support Trump for president? Right, right, exactly. And, 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 and that's what I said on a, on a podcast yesterday. I said, we want Donald Trump to announce he's going to run for president. Oh, yes. We want oh, him yes. to do that because it's going to tear apart the Republican Party and it's going to lay them bare. The other thing we'd like Donald Trump to do, get down to Georgia and support Herschel Walker. Keep talking. Oh, Hold about 10 rallies and please support Herschel Walker. That will drive the Republicans nuts. We saw what kind of power Donald Trump has in elections, and it's zero. He's a negative factor when it comes to elections. And Donald Trump is at a point now. See, the thing is with narcissists, they never give up. They will right. never, they, they will constantly double down. And this is what he's going to do. When people are telling him don't do it, he's definitely going to do it. Donald Trump ruined the midterms for the Republicans. He was truly the biggest loser in the midterms. 
And he's going to fuck it up even more for 2024, at least in the foreseeable future, if he announces for the presidency. So I want him to do that. And I want him to campaign for Herschel Walker. That's another endorsee that he could lose. He better get down there and work hard to make sure that Herschel wins because Herschel ain't going to fucking win. I agree. And um, I, I, the other thing I want to say about the Senate, I mean, if uh, if we if we get two more, which is possible, yeah. if we get Nevada and we get Georgia, we may get even one more. And that's Ron Johnson. Yeah, yeah, you may be right. I truly believe that Merrick Garland is coming out strong over the next few weeks i agree i, I think agree. you're going to see indictments for ron johnson for at least seven house members yeah. and all kinds of people involved in the uh the trump administration and around it uh and i i think that's going to be a huge deal you're going to see them turning on each other even more i didn't do it he did and you're going to see some people expelled from both the senate and from congress well, and here's, so well, here's even the thing. if we don't win, even if we don't win the House right now, we may have it within a little while. Well, yeah. And, and people have to understand why that is the case, what you're explaining, what you have to understand. If a senator leaves office, dies, gets indicted, whatever it is, if they leaves office, then the choice to reappoint somebody to run out the, the term is with the governor. Yep. And in Wisconsin, the Democratic governor just won a new term. So if Ron Johnson gets his ass kicked out, the Democratic governor of Wisconsin appoints somebody else. And I can guarantee you it's going to be a fucking Democrat. So you're right. That could give a little padding to the Democrats in the Senate, because, I mean, Ron Johnson admitted he was involved. He said it was only for like 10 seconds. That's all it takes. (laughs) But you were still involved. So he may very well get indicted. In fact, I think there's a a likelihood that he'll get indicted. It's, you know, it's going to cause a shit show, but what else do you do with somebody who commits treason? Exactly. So then that would, uh, that would take care of both uh, Manchin and Sinema. Uh, They would not be able to derail uh, getting rid of the filibuster, for example, uh, impeaching, um, Clarence Thomas, which uh, uh, AOC has already called for, uh, among others, um, that's a very real possibility. Expanding the court, a very real possibility. Right. There's all sorts of good stuff that can happen if Merrick Garland comes through, if the DOJ, because they have the evidence. We've seen it. We've seen Andy Biggs leading people around the Capitol and showing them the weak points and uh, and then trying to deny it and then finding out that the people he was showing around were there the next day breaking in. We've seen that. And we've seen all of these guys asking for pardons. Right. From pre- he, they didn't get them, but they asked for them. And to me, that's an admission of guilt. If you're asking for a pardon, you have to believe reasonably that you could be charged and convicted. You know, to me, one of the telltale signs, too, that something's going on with the uh, the House and even Ron Johnson and the Senate, whoever else, is that up to this point with the J6 committee and the DOJ, 
You've heard absolutely nothing about evidence and witnesses concerning the sitting members of Congress and the administration. You haven't heard one thing, and you know they were involved, and you know they were investigating. So that tells me they were holding off till after the elections. So this is the week of the election. Does that mean Monday things start to get to get? Do they start stirring shit up i i don't know i would hope so i think i think merrick garland needs to get on it now and not waste any further time you've got evidence against donald trump you've got evidence against these sitting members of congress now is the time for action and this is the second strategy i I, i've said all along uh coming into these midterms i said regardless of what happens with the midterms the next strategy is to decimate and destroy the republican party because they've already done it to themselves all we have to do is make them feel accountable yeah i the the new york uh tax case the uh the the georgia interference the stolen documents to me that's all gravy yeah right yeah the big one is insurrection did Donald Trump try to overthrow the government of a legitimately elected president just because he didn't want to leave? Did he collude with others to do that? That's the big one. Yeah, That's is. the one that should put him in prison for the rest of his life, along with his cellmate, Ron Johnson, Louis Gohmert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, you name it. All of those, they need to go down. They need to suffer the consequences. So do I care if Lauren Boebert's elected or not? No, I don't, because I don't think she's going to be around very long. No, I don't think she's going to be around very long either. And the other thing I've said about Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, or any of these fucks, are we better off with Marjorie Taylor Greene being and and the like being out of Congress and maybe putting in some formidable Republicans? Or leaving these waste of space, stupid, no power fucks in office. All that does is weaken the Republican Party by leaving them in office. It doesn't hurt the Democrats unless they had a deciding vote or something. But the fact that you have these crazies in there, it does two things. It weakens the Republican Party because it divides the Republican Party. The people who are no longer on board with the Donald Trump bullshit are going to push back against these people. So now we have the Republicans fighting amongst themselves, and the Democrats can sit back and watch and get shit done. Agreed. Now, I'm going to go a little further with the Republicans here because I don't think there is any such thing as a Republican Party. There's a memory of a Republican Party, but for the last several years, what we have had is a group of very rich people, corporate managers, um, CEOs, um, insurance banking, all of these people running virtual monopolies in various industries, plus a lot of really rich people right. giving money to people who will keep them from having to part with any of their money. That is what the Republican Party is. When is the last time you heard a Republican say, I have a plan to help the common man make more money and keep it? When is the last time you heard them talk about uh, making education better across the board? When have you heard them talk about making the water safe in Flint, Michigan, or in Louisiana, or or uh, anywhere, or Mississippi, rather, or anywhere else where they can't drink the water, or Puerto Rico, or any of the... When is the last time you heard a Republican say anything about helping anybody and the answer to that is you haven't. Well, You've heard some lies. You've heard some generalizations. 
but no plans, no specifics. Well, they do help the rich, but then, of course, they tell That's us. That's what I'm that talking about. They, 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 they tell us that uh, our sugar daddy big corporations will take care of us, and they don't. It's kind of like what you talked about, Tennessee, uh, the government sending a bunch of money for kids in poverty and then then uh sugar daddy tennessee says yeah we'll we'll give it to some people but not most of it we'll do something else with it that that that's the misuse of funds that we constantly see and that's what the republican party does they take our money cuz that's where the money comes from from the yeah. from the pockets of the middle class and gives it to the rich in what fucking parallel universe does that make sense Exactly. And and that's why I keep ringing this bell and walking through the street, the streets and hoping people will listen. Under Trump, the Republicans and Trump had nothing to do with it other than he happened to be president at the time, passed this gigantic tax cut for rich people in corporations, trillions of dollars. And what that meant was when you really look at it is they took out projected revenue that would be coming in, and they threw it away. It's gone. So now you've got everything that you have to pay for in the country, and that includes Social Security, Medicare, the entire social safety net, defense, you name it, right? right, That's right. All, all of those trillion dollars are gone. So where do you go for that? Well, they, they took care of that. They engineered it so that after six years, the middle class would start paying more and more and more over the next decade, right? Right. Except they failed to uh, realize that a pandemic had come, there was going to be a shutdown, that everything was going to be skewed, and that is not going to work. That's not going to replace that those trillions of dollars that they gave away in tax cuts to the really rich and to the corporations. They cannot raise taxes on the middle class enough to cover that and pay the bills. So right. what do they want to do? They're going to they're going to let the government fail and then they're going to claim that social security and medicare money and that's what they're going to use to balance the budget with so they can still uh you know pay for defense and the stuff that they deem is uh and some infrastructure, the stuff that they deem to be necessary. But see, I don't, I don't think that's a real issue anymore because I don't think they, they believe they can get away with that now. They thought they could get away with it with the Roe v. Wade thing and they got slapped in the face on Tuesday, uh, that it didn't work. I think the idea of, of attempting to cut Medicare and Social Security is going to be off the table for them because they already got burned once. And besides, with the way this is all playing out, they're not going to have the power to ever accomplish that anyway, right now, at least in the two years. Well, my take on this, and, and you know, maybe I'm an extremist, but I just don't trust rich people. Okay. They've, uh, I've been, I'm a student of history to a certain extent, and this has been going on for centuries and centuries, millennia. Uh, where a small group of people at the top run everything and everybody else is a slave. It's been going on forever. We ba we barely turned that around a little bit in the last century, toward the end of it, the middle to the end of the last century. We kind of turned that around a little bit. And, and then they came roaring back. They could give a shit about the Republican Party. They're just useful tools. They will use them. If they can crash the government, they will do it. Because what people fail to realize, these are not Americans. They they have no loyalty to any country. 
except to themselves. They are worse than you think they are. No matter how bad you think that they are, they are worse. Morality is beyond them. Religion is beyond them. They have one thing in life, and that's, I'm special, I deserve everything, and everybody else should serve me. And that's what it comes down to. Well, it does. I just don't, you know, whether they want to uh, crash the economy uh, or not is is fine, but I just don't understand how anybody's going to go along with uh, uh, taking away Medicare because it's a, it's a no win. It's a losing situation for them, whether they be Democrat or Republican. So I think that's going to hold them off from crashing the economy. I'll be honest, between Mitch McConnell and the way the Republicans are now in the House, I don't think we have to worry about the debt ceiling. I think it'll pass and it won't be an issue we have to deal with. I, I really don't believe that. The Republicans would be foolish to continue down the path that just destroyed them. Well, uh, number one, I think you're assuming that that a lot of these Republicans are rational. They are not. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, a good example. Lauren Bobert, another good example. Louis Gohmert, all of them. These are people who I'm not sure they have some doing it for them. I, I, they have no real intellectual ability beyond uh, maybe sly to a certain extent, but they're not smart, if you know what I'm saying here. The guy who cheats at cards, right? He doesn't have to be brilliant. He just has to be uh, adroit at what he does. And that's what, right. the, that's what they are. But But the thing is, is that we don't need to get all the Republicans to see the light. We only need about eight or 10 of them maybe to see the light. And out of 220, that shouldn't be that hard to do, especially given the circumstances. Well, I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping you're right. I'm just painting, you know, maybe I painted a little blacker than it needs to be, but I'm really trying to wake people up to the nature of the enemy. And um, one thing I noticed in this, this election cycle is it's not just this country. Why do you think Kim Jong Kim Jong Un Kim Jong Un <laughs> yeah uh, was rattling sabers uh, uh, in the month before the election? Why do you think uh, Putin was uh, uh, doing what he was doing? They were all uh, like with the oil. He and the Saudis together right. deciding to cut back on oil production now. To a certain extent, of course, it serves his needs of making more money. But at the same time, remember, he's in bed with Donald Trump. So are the Saudis. This was an international effort to back Trump to come back in 2024 and to, to lay the groundwork for that. That's what they were going for. Well, it's, it's, then, a, it's amazing how big a losers the Republicans are. I, I'll make these two comparisons. During the insurrection... They had somebody in the pocket in every branch of the government, the Supreme yeah. Court, the executive wing, and and uh, the judicial, the uh, Department of Justice. Somebody in every every branch. 
to do the insurrection. And they still couldn't fucking complete it. And with this election, same thing. They had the Republicans. They had the Russians. They had the North Koreans. They had the Saudi Arabians doing everything they could to make sure the Republicans win. And they still fucking lost. That is a testament to how weak this Republican Party is getting. And it's not going to get better for them over the next two years. It's going to get worse. Well, I I agree a hundred percent on that. I'm I'm actually, although I sound probably uh, like I'm worried, I'm I'm not so much. I was worried the night before the election going in, and I have to admit, I probably fell victim a little bit to the media, mm-hmm. the prevailing story that it was going to be a red wave, and uh, you have to ask, where did that come from? I mean, we were talking blue wave up until very near the election, and then suddenly everything changed. Right. Suddenly, suddenly it was going to be a red wave, and suddenly uh, uh, the abortion thing wasn't going to matter anymore. This and that. And this. Uh, the Republicans always, you know, the other party always does well. Always, always, always. You know, so it's going to happen again this time. Well, the thing that I notice most because I watch a lot of media. I don't watch Fox out of principle. Uh, maybe I should. No, I don't either. But uh, what I hear is networks, they don't bring in pundits, many of them don't, that I feel have the most knowledge about something. They bring in pundits that they want to steer the narrative in one direction or another. And oh, yeah. that's what I saw right before the election was the, the networks in particular, and that I'm going to include the cables too, not just the broadcast. They were all trying to steer the narrative. Right. And why? They're corporate owned. If well, you are a member of a corporation and you, you know that the Republicans are in your camp, that they will do anything you want them to do, you are going to support the Republicans if you are a corporation. And it's easy to do. And you can do it by omission as well as commission. But I saw it happening. I saw the networks. I saw the cable networks and the broadcast networks steering the narrative to a red win, to dis, uh, to try to keep the, the 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 democrats home to make them feel despair why should i go vote because historically this always happens yada yada boom 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 well and you know and, and i've always said that historically it was bullshit because what we're seeing now has never been seen in history so you can't make that comparison but i believe over and above them maybe trying to help the republicans cuz they're corporate owned i think i think it's it's a little more insidious than that i think the left-wing media and the right-wing media and all media in general are akin to fight promoters or bookies. Mm -hmm. It's their goal to make this the battle of the Titans. Oh, it's going to be close. You got to watch this. This is going to be the fight of the century. You better, better watch this. They don't care if they voted or not. They wanted them glued to the television because this is going to be drama. This is going to be trauma. This is going to be incredible. And that's the fucking game for them. They want to make money. They're not there to inform. They're not there for truth or facts. They're there to gin up excitement so you watch their source. And that's exactly what they did. Now, in terms of the differences between you and me today, I think you can lay it out this way. First of all, you just you just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Ed. 
Yeah, really old. Really old. <laughs> Uh, we can we we can we can we can say that you are the way you, you are because you're a grumpy old fucking man. That's why. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And and in terms of me, when I was saying that we were going to win the House and 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 the uh, uh, the Senate, that, that that can attest to the fact that I don't listen to shit from anybody, <laughs> and you yeah. know that as well as anybody else. I don't listen to shit just because I see it on the TV. I don't believe it, but you're right. When you're conditioned and this keeps getting told to you, people believe, oh my God, we're going to lose democracy. But here's the thing right now. If you talk to all these people that were worried about um, losing democracy, they aren't so worried now. They're feeling more comfortable. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's good news. I tell you what, Ed, we're going to take a quick break. And we will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. And uh, while the midterms were a good night for the Democrats, they did far better than anybody expected. There are still some sore points there. There's the state of Florida. There's the state of Texas. There's the state of Kentucky. And, And you made a point. How is it that these three states all stuck with Republicans when they've been put in a a bad situation by said Republicans? I, it doesn't make any sense that they'd be the three states that don't see what's going on here. Yeah, look at Texas. You've got them. You've got uh, a lot of really rich people and a lot of really poor people, right? <laughs> Just like uh, um, it, it, I can't think of a better straight state to illustrate the difference between the haves and have nots. You have Uvalde where they had this horrible shooting and um, the governor refuses to do anything with gun control or anything. You know, he wants to give more people guns. He wants to be people loaded guns in the classroom or, or only one door to get into the school, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, he he wants to uh, when when they uh, they have the abortion thing they want no exceptions for rape. He says we'll just get rid of rape. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> going to happen, right? Well, and, and if you uh, could do that, why haven't you done it yet? Exactly. If you really had that possibility, exactly. why haven't you done it? And in fact, in fact, since then, rape has actually gone up. Right. You know, you can figure that. But they they do this. I mean, Texas. Okay, then you got Kentucky, where Mitch McConnell won in a walk against a, a, a uh, wounded combat veteran last right. time. And if you go to you Kentucky, know, nobody likes Mitch. So how does that happen? Right, exactly. How does that happen? There's machines involved. Florida, same thing. You know, there's something going on. And uh, we've seen already, we've seen the Voting Rights Act, a portion of it, a goodly portion of it vacated. Probably they'll try to get rid of the rest of it. But uh, we see all of this happening. And and we wonder, why do these states still, why are they able to always come out on the Republican uh, um, side? I, I don't get it. Uh, here in Tennessee, for example, okay, we, we have a Republican supermajority. 
in the House and Senate, and we have a Republican governor. So in essence, they can do anything they want. I just saw a headline come across, Tennessee suppressed 21% of the black vote. I haven't read the uh, the article yet to see how they did it. I assume it has something to do with somebody moved and they lost their, uh, they showed up at the polls, oh, you didn't register. Yeah, you know, yeah. you didn't register. Or, or you were removed because you didn't vote in the last election. You know, they, they do this kind of crap. I'm sure there's some of that going on, but I just don't get it. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it does seem troubling. You know, when you look at somebody like Mitch McConnell down in Kentucky or even Rand Paul down in Kentucky, you have to question whether or not there's something funny going on at the risk of sounding like these, these Trump fucks saying election fraud. It does seem kind of weird though, because I've talked to a lot of people in Kentucky. Nobody likes Rand Paul. Hell, Rand Paul's neighbors don't even like him. Nobody likes Mitch McConnell, but they always win easily. We know that Mitch McConnell is a very smart politician. He's always trying to game the situation. You may remember this from a little while back. I have a feeling that Mitch thought his health wasn't very good because, remember, he went, and I don't know if he accomplished this or not. We said before that if a senator leaves office for some reason, death or indictment or whatever, the governor has the right to appoint a new senator. Right. Now, in Kentucky— they have a very popular Democratic governor. So right. if something should happen to Mitch McConnell, then that would be re- he would be replaced by a Democratic senator. Well, Mitch McConnell didn't like this. He, he, he tried to pass laws to make it so that he could appoint somebody or the Republican Party could appoint somebody. I mean, he, he did everything he could to game this situation. I don't know how it ended up, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mitch McConnell got that that whole thing change. My point is that Mitch McConnell is a pretty devious motherfucker. And when you take yep. a state like Kentucky, um, you do have a lot of poor people there and they're easily manipulated by the rich because they do it every fucking day. You got to wonder if there isn't something funny going on in Kentucky. And then you've got Florida, Ron DeSantis winning. I guess I'm not crazy surprised by that. I'm a little surprised that Marco Rubio won because he's such a wiener. But they're, they're, they're it, it wouldn't be surprising to find out there's some strange shit going on down in Florida. Certainly Texas. Greg Abbott, nobody liked that motherfucker. Wait till no. the winter wait till the winter comes and the grid breaks down again. See how much they love who they voted for for the governor this year. And and guess what he's done on that? Nothing. Nothing. Not one thing. Hasn't fixed anything. It could happen again. And it will. You know, it happened this summer. Yeah. yeah. It just didn't stay hot long enough for people to die. Right. You know, but and here's another example, Ted Cruz. Uh, um, exactly. I remember seeing I remember seeing Al, Al Franken. Somebody was interviewing him and they were asking about various senators. And I remember him saying and meaning and laughing about it. Everybody hates Ted Cruz. Well, all the Republicans, you- all the Democrats. And, and look at this guy. I mean. Have you ever seen Ted Cruz where he seemed genuine, where he no. didn't seem like a back alley, hey, open his overcoat to show you pictures he wants to sell you kind of guy, you know? Yeah, he's a smarmy piece of shit. And the joke Al Franken told about Ted Cruz, I've told him many times on the show, and I'll do it again because I'm an, a repetitive motherfucker. But <laughs> he, he said, he said, I will honestly say, that I like Ted Cruz than any of my colleagues. 
And I fucking hate Ted Cruz. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> no, nobody likes him. Not the Republicans, not the uh, Democrats. It, it's amazing that he he continues to run and win. I, I don't know how that happens. I mean, every time he turns around, he embarrasses himself. Then the president, their Lord and Savior, embarrasses him, but they still vote him in. But if we're lucky, knowing Ted and the way he is, he may be caught up in this whole insurrection thing too. Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't that's be surprised. Mentioned too. Yeah, he he definitely is was in on it, if if you will. Now, and this is the thing I wonder about not just not just all Republicans, but but people in the Senate and in Congress in general. If your senator or your congressperson, uh, your representative. If they have never put gotten a, a piece of legislation legislation through into becoming law that helped their state, why are they there? Well, exactly. Why do you continue to vote for them if they've been there for twenty years and not one piece of legislation that they, they have sponsored has passed that helped your state, or in many cases, they've never even put one in. Why are they there? Well, anybody that, can be there and vote the way they're told. And that's a good point. You know, with the prospect of the Republicans winning in a bigger, bigger amount than they did in the House, um, you got Jim Jordan, who's been there for years and years and years and has never passed a bill. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, any of these other fucks, they've never done anything. Now, if the Republicans were going to take over, they were going to put these people in leadership roles in the committees. Why would yeah. you take the worst of you and make them leaders in committees? That just tells you it's not about what's good for the country, what's good for the people. It's just whatever is expeditious to push along their fucking agenda. I can remember when I was growing up, right? Um, I don't think I ever heard any of my representatives or my senators speak on television. Al Gore Sr. I may have seen once or twice. Yeah. yeah. Howard Howard Baker, you know, once uh once the uh Watergate came along, certainly. But before that, uh, mostly I didn't hear them, but I, I saw their names on bills. Right. Uh, and usually it was a Republican and a Democrat together. Uh McCain Feingold, for example. Right. A Democrat and a Republican on uh, for the campaign finance reform. Right. And and others, you know, it was always a Republican and a Democrat working across the aisle to get something done. You don't see that anymore. No, that's the problem. And I think it's mostly because Republicans refuse to do that and they refuse to do it because they're told not to do it by the people that own them. And that is the corporations and the rich people. They yeah. don't want him cooperating because everything that's positive for the working people, for the middle class and below, is detrimental to corporations and rich people. It just is. Well, I, I think part of it is, too, that they uh, the only thing they have is owning the libs. Their only strategy is to try to beat down the libs. Instead of actually doing something, garner votes that way. They want to try to destroy the Repu- uh, the Democrats so that that's how they win. Unfortunately, if they do win, they've got nothing to show for it. They've got nothing that they're going to do. But I think in this last midterms, they, they woke up a little bit. They're realizing 
this is an utter failure. I mean, it's not only a failure, it's an embarrassment to them. In their minds, they thought, well, shit, we got inflation, we got crime, we got immigration. This is going to be an easy win. And if you sat and watched them on TV, they were cocky. They were arrogant. And I, and I said on the show, I said, nothing, lo- nothing I love better than some dumb fuck getting blindsided. And they got hit by a yeah. bus. I, I don't understand how they did, how they couldn't read the room and understand that they were in trouble, but they didn't. So now they're scrambling. Now there's a bit of chaos in the Republican Party. They don't know what to do, but they know what they've been doing has not worked. Well, we know we've always heard the old saying, what happens to the dog who finally catches the car? Right. Exactly. And and, and that's what happened with the, the Dobbs decision. The Republicans caught the car. Yeah. The Republican dog caught the car and it wasn't a car. It was a bus and it ran over them. Right, exactly. Their ass, yeah. And they didn't realize that was going to happen. And that's all they've got is this social crap. You know, they're pushing this thing now about the uh, the transgender and how they're they're uh, uh, mutilating kids in these children's hospitals, you know, and giving them hormones and all of this stuff. And they do not do that to kids. No. The earliest you can have any sort of interventions like that is around 17 years of age. And that has to be with all kinds of professional supervision, both uh, mental and emotional and physical and everything, and parental, of course. Uh, uh, um, the parents have to go along and so forth. And then right. this is because it is determined to be the best thing psychologically for the person. And um, but, but they're pushing this. I just noticed that, oh, and, and drag queen story hour. Oh, that's a big one. You know, uh, they're all pushing that. Uh, well, what was this one guy was saying? Yeah, these kids stuffing dollar bills in these guys' pants. Yeah, you know, like they think this is what it is. And it's just people dressed up in drag reading stories to kids at libraries. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and Tennessee is trying to outlaw that. That's the first bill after the election that they're pushing, outlawing um drag queen shows period I, restricting I, it to strip clubs i always get this image in my mind of the trump saying saying uh yeah i was talking to my cousin while we were having sex about these transgendered it's crazy it's disgusting it's against the bible yes these fucking people are such hypocritical pieces of shit. It's unbelievable. And I'll be honest with you. I think these politicians, the Ron DeSantis's, the Donald Trump's, they don't have an opinion either way. They just see an opportunity to get somebody on their side and they'll adopt whatever opinion they need to do to get votes. That's, that's, yeah. that's the bad thing about this. You know, these Republicans are being made to pay for opinions they have on LGBTQ or abortion and stuff like that. If you sat them down and they weren't politicians, they may not care either way, or they may think the other way, but they're willing to sacrifice their integrity for votes and money. And that's what they've done. And now it's kicked their ass. Now it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, yeah. And I, I just, uh, I, um, I'm, I'm waiting to see exactly what happens after Tuesday night, because I think it's going to be fun. I think oh, it's I going too. to be a lot of fun watching these people rip each other's nuts off with plastic forks. I mean, it's just going to be <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a major shitstorm. 
It it is going to be, and and the Republicans are begging Donald Trump not to do this because they know it's going to destroy the the party. But Donald Trump is not getting much love from the Republican Party right now. A lot of these people are saying, yeah, maybe we should step back from him. And when you've got a narcissist like Donald Trump, loyalty is of the utmost. And uh, the idea that people are stepping away from him is something he's not going to be able to handle. So instead of just stepping back and taking your beating, he's going to get in their face. He's going to double down, triple down, quadruple down until this fucking thing crashes and burns. And this is what I love about Donald Trump right now, because everything that's going on now has gone from scary to almost funny, comical. Yeah. Watching these fucks, watching Herschel Walker say the stupid shit he does, it's almost comical. And it's going to be interesting with that election and the runoff on December 6th, if the Democrats win win the the Nevada Senate and they've already got the majority. Yeah. It's going to be a lot more fun watching the... uh, watching the Herschel Walker Warnock thing, because it doesn't matter as far as power. It would be nice icing on the cake. But now we can just sit back, think easy about it, and just laugh at this motherfucker, because that's all he deserves. Yeah, uh, something that I hadn't heard before, I heard just yesterday, and this and I don't remember which Republican who was saying it, but it, it's somebody you would know. And he was saying, here we had this election where – where it was, uh, we stood a chance to take over and do everything we wanted to do. And he's sitting on this gigantic pile of money, and he didn't give one penny no, to no, not a penny. any candidate. No, one penny. He's got this super PAC that he's been raising all of this money, supposedly, for Republican candidates. But he didn't give out a dime. No, he's going to put it in his pocket. He's going to take the money he grifts from his trumplefucks. He's going to put it in his pocket, and he's going to live large. Well, he may have to live large with the ankle bracelet and stuck in wherever he's living at that point, but he's going to keep that money. But, you know, the one thing I know about people like Donald Trump, because, like I said, my father is very similar to him. No matter how much money you give them, they will spend it all. And then, because they think they can always grift more, they think it will never stop. And then when it does stop, they're fucked. Now they got to live like paupers because they didn't look to the future. They thought they were so important that they were going to be able to make money like this for the rest of their life. My dad did that. My dad made all kinds of money. He thought it would never stop. And now he's living someplace on social security and probably not doing the best. When, if he had any brains, he could have stocked away a bunch of money and lived large for the rest of his life, but they don't think that way. And I know Donald Trump doesn't think that way. You throw in the fact that they're going to take away his properties probably in these lawsuits and in this criminal trial with uh, the Trump organization. He's going to be broke as fuck when this is done. Yeah. Now, like I mentioned before, there's so much going on with him. You've got to figure something's going to stick eventually, right? Oh, no question. I mean, no question. New York, the Trump organization is going to be crap when it's done. And if he if he manages to get out of stay out of jail, he may be lucky there even because they have like altering a document, you know, to take off a comment of his. They've got that right. That shows he was involved. Right. Uh, And more than that, it shows he was involved in running the organization. So he had something to do with the whole thing. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Now, the rape trial. 
Okay, it's it's actually defamation of character, right? Is what right. it is now. But this guy refuses to give a DNA sample that would clear him. Right, right, right. So what are they going to? I've heard is uh, I've heard that um, his niece, his niece, is going to give a sample. Yeah, which will prove that he actually raped the woman. Uh, you know, the statute of limitations is up, but obviously she wins, and he's got to wear that albatross around his neck. Then he's a rapist. Well, that, and 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 I'm sure he's not. She wasn't the first one he's done this to. Oh no, no. I no. mean, I mean, we keep we keep hearing about there was a court case around the time he was running for president. There was a court case, a lawsuit that involved him and his co-defendant, Jeffrey Epstein, and it was regarding raping a 13-year-old woman. That was filed, and then it went away, and then it came back, and then it was filed again, and she was supposed to do an interview something, and she didn't show up. Well, you know what's going on there. Um, She doesn't keep coming back because it's not legitimate. She keeps going away because she's getting threatened. And if we think that's crazy, we know that – Judges, Supreme Court judges, politicians, all these people have been threatened with their lives from the people that are around Donald Trump. So there is a fear. When Donald Trump gets weakened, where they feel safe, that one is going to come back to haunt him. And they're going to shove it down his throat. And then we'll see how he was connected to to um, Jeffrey Epstein and how he was involved in raping an underage girl. Well, and and how can you how can you fault the girl after she sees what happened to Jeffrey Epstein? Oh yeah, here is a guy who is put in prison and uh, murdered, right? Because he didn't kill himself. You know he didn't. I know he didn't. Everybody in the world knows that Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. And it just so happened that the video wasn't working and yada, yada, yada. It was pure up murder and it was done by the mob for Trump because he's a mobster. We know that. It doesn't take a big stretch of the imagination to come up with that. We know that happened, but and why isn't the news media talking about that? that? That's a good question. I mean, we know we got two election ladies that were election officials in Georgia who did nothing wrong. Donald Trump said they did, and they had people breaking into their house, trying to coerce them, trying to blackmail them, threatening them with their lives, and these two women didn't do fucking anything. So right. the idea that somebody might be afraid of Donald Trump and the people around him, not out of the realm of possibility. That's not a crazy thought. Clearly, he's got a track record of doing this shit. Yeah, and he's helped along by the fact that uh, there's a great number of men in the media, Democrats, Republicans, apolitical, non-political, movie stars, lawyers, whatever, who regularly flew to Epstein's Island. Oh, yeah. And what, what were they flying there for? It wasn't for the sun. It was for the fun. It was for the underage girls that Epstein stocked his island with. We know uh, Dershowitz was one of them. We know Bill Clinton was one of them. But we you, know Donald Trump was one of them. Did you hear, though, that this recent court case against Dershowitz, I don't know if it was a law, it was a lawsuit, I think. Yeah. But the woman who was filing the lawsuit um, dropped the lawsuit. And mm-hmm. she said, I may have made a mistake. Uh-huh. Didn't make any fucking mistakes. She seemed pretty sure about it. What caused her to drop that suit? 
It isn't because she got a revelation that she maybe was wrong. There's something more to that. It's either money or fear. And uh, Dershowitz is just as big a dirtbag as Donald Trump. I don't care what anybody fucking says. I mean, he was saying, well, all I went down there is to get a massage. Well, I got to tell you, at a guy of his age, if he goes and gets a massage from some girl that's 17 years old, even if he didn't have sex with her, that's creepy as fucking borderline criminal. Yep, exactly. And why go to that island? If you want a massage, go to your club. Yeah. You know? I'm sure, I mean, he, he, sure he belongs to the New York Decathlon Club or some fucking thing. Yeah. I mean, that this is, it's obvious that this is a very elite pedophile group. You right. know, call them pedophiles. It's, they just they, they like young girls. Okay, and they will look for them wherever they can find them, and and I I I, uh, I guarantee you that there's a lot more. I wouldn't be surprised if Woody Allen didn't take a little trip down there. Oh, I yeah. wouldn't be at all surprised uh, uh, to hear that. And there are many others. You know and that's I, why they did it. I, I think these wealthy people are entitled, and they think they can have yes. everything. And there is a feather in your cap for being with a, a younger woman. And the younger the woman, the bigger the feather. I think it's much as ego is some sexual proclivity. Uh, but it's both. And, and, and both are illegal and both are creepy. And, uh, that shit's gotta be, gotta be addressed. I mean, somebody made a good point recently. Ghislaine Maxwell. She is convicted yeah. of sex trafficking. Bunny. Where's the customers? Where, where, who's she sex trafficking to them to? How can you sex traffic somebody if somebody isn't buying on the other end? And if somebody's right. buying on the other end, they're just as guilty as Ghislaine Maxwell. It's just exactly. I mean, but, but then she, it, she didn't kill herself yet. No, not yet. But the thing is, nobody's uh, grousing about this at all because there's so much other bullshit going on. That's got to play out. And I don't care if it's Bill Clinton or Donald Trump or or the Pope. If they were involved in this shit, they need to be acknowledged, exposed, and indicted. I don't care yes. who the fuck it is. I don't care exactly. if Mr. Rogers went down there. If no matter who did it, it's got to be. We know Bill. Uh, we know Bill Gates went, and we know that's why his wife divorced him. Yeah. Why did she divorce him? For, Wonder uh, if Elon Musk took a little trip down there. Oh, that motherfucker! You know, let's talk about Elon Musk a little bit. He took over Twitter, and yeah. I know you're on Twitter, and he's running <laughs> that fucker into the ground. And <laughs> I hate to, I hate to pat myself on the back again, but uh, I'm the one who said, "Well, he's getting rid of. He fired half the staff, and he's getting rid of all the moderators, and then he starts selling right. blue checks for eight bucks a pop." And I said, yeah, but then anybody can go on and say, I'm Bill Clinton. Give me a blue check. And then they can say right. anything they want. And it's <laughs> Twitter has become replete with people with phony fucking names. You know, they, yeah. they talk. There was one one account with a blue check that claimed they were Eli Lilly. And they said, yeah, yeah we're going to give uh, diabetes uh, medications for free. Yeah. And that ended up costing them a whole shitload of money. You know, you've got there people being Ted Cruz. You got, you know, it's just, it's, 
We knew this was going to happen. And now Elon says, well, you know, bankruptcy isn't out of the question. You just put $44 billion into one of the most powerful platforms in the country. You've had it for two weeks. Now you're going to bankrupt the motherfucker? How How is this guy considered smart? He's not doing well, anything he smart. No, he's not. There's, there's smart and there's rich. You know, right. he started off rich. When your dad owns an emerald mine, mine, you're not poor. Okay. And he didn't come up with an electric car. Uh, he hired somebody to come up with an electric car. He didn't come up with a, a, all of his space stuff. He hired people to do that. The, the satellite network, he hired people to do that. If you have money, then that's one thing. It doesn't make you smart. No, it doesn't. And I've always said the difference between crazy and genius is directly proportional to the amount of money you have in a bank account. If somebody, if Elon Musk had no money and he said the things he said, people would say, oh, he's just a crazy, he's fucking nuts, he's ridiculous. He's got a screw loose, yeah. And, And now Elon Musk has some money and they say, wow, he's an eccentric genius. He's not a fucking genius. He's a narcissist like Donald Trump and he's too focused on benefiting himself to really do anything good i mean tesla tesla was already a company he bought it but people are under the understanding that he invented tesla he didn't invent shit with 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 spacex oh he's a genius he's coming up with rockets well the fact of the matter is because nasa was not doing the space exploration as much they made money available to to people who would want to do it privately and he saw that as an opportunity to get a bunch of government money which he fucking did he didn't know anything about the space he just had enough money to hire people that did probably from fucking nasa exactly this guy is not smart. He can't read a room. He doesn't understand the climate that he's walking into. And now he's getting his ass kicked and he doesn't know what to do with himself. Right. Yeah, he pays $44 million or billion for something that's now worth $8 billion. Right. 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 You know, that's uh, that's not smart. If he takes bankruptcy, it will never, ever emerge from bankruptcy. It will go away. I think Elon Musk and Donald Trump are similar uh, in this regard. Donald Trump did not want to or expect to win the presidency. But when it it looked like he was going to do it, his ego got away from him, you know? And then he got caught up in this, and he'll find out that running for and winning the presidency was the absolute worst move he's ever made in his life. I've said that since 2016, and I'll continue to say it. When this is all said and done, Donald Trump will sit back and say, I wish I hadn't run for president. Same thing with Elon Musk. What I thought Elon Musk was doing, he went and made this offer to uh, to Twitter to kind of build his brand, you know? Yeah. And he was going to do the same thing he did with crypto. He walked into crypto and put a bunch of money into it. Then, then a bunch of people said, well, Elon's doing it, so I'm doing it. So it raised it way high. He pulled his money out and made money. He thought he was going to do the same thing with Twitter. But then his ego got away from him, and he got caught up into it. First, Twitter didn't want to sell it to him. And then after a while, while said, no, Twitter said, no, now you're going to have to buy this motherfucker. And he didn't want to do it. His ego got him caught up. But then he thought, well, fuck, I'm Elon Musk. I can make this go. And then he gets in there and proves he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Exactly. And look at Donald Trump in Truth Social. 
yeah. he starts this thing. He's got some money in it and so forth. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I know he walked away with money and everybody else had taken a fall. Right. You know? And, you know, he's doing it for now. But nobody, I've read somewhere that there's practically nobody on Truth Social now. Right. It's, it's well, like a ghost town, you know. Well, and Truth Social will be no more within six to eight months. I guarantee you. It won't Talks. exist. There's yeah. no money. Nobody's investing money. The merger that they were supposed to do isn't going to happen because they're afraid that Donald Trump may not be good publicity for the brand. Well, fuck. You didn't <laughs> know that before you offered to. I, I just I can't see how anybody in business or in politics didn't see all this coming. It wasn't well, hard. Think about it. Think about it. I mean, these people hate talking to each other. All they want to do is own the libs, right? right they right. they just want to be they want to be trolls. They want to be uh, this sort of thing. There's no fun in talking to their your dull, idiot Republican friends. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's no challenge. There's nothing to it. There's nothing to do. And and unfortunately, we may be seeing the end of social media as we know it, which may be a good thing because guess what else is in trouble? Meta, you know, yeah, yeah. eleven thousand the, people they fired. Yeah, and why is that? Because they went into this metaverse that nobody gives a shit about. Or I don't you, know that anybody who does that. Do you? I don't. Is it even up yet? Is it up? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I know they're putting they put a lot of money into it, and that has to be hurting their bottom line. You know, I mean. If the graphics and everything were, were state-of-the-art, I mean, if I could go in and actually live in this other world, which is what they keep promising, right? But you I go in there and that. it's like, like a cartoon, you know, yeah. and not yeah. a good one. It's like the Japanese cartoons that came along after Looney Tunes. They suffer by comparison. Well, I, th I think the problem they had with this metaverse, it sounded interesting, but it was way too complex for most people. Most yeah. people, you know, most people just want to see something and start doing it. Like with TikTok, for example, I did TikTok. I didn't have to read a fucking manual to figure it out. I just pressed a button, started talking and saw what happened. But you're right. There's going to be a dramatic change in social media. And that's why, <laughs> that's why I'm glad I started on TikTok with the intention of moving to a podcast. Because the podcast will podcast will still be of interest to people. Whatever happens with social media, we'll see. You know, and I'll jump on on any social media that I feel like I can handle for one reason to promote the podcast. Right. Because I'm not you know, I'm not going to get rich on TikTok. You know, you gotta you gotta have millions and millions and millions and millions of things to make any money on TikTok. So I'm not counting on that. I don't need to make that money. And I don't even need to make the money on the podcast, but at least it's mine. At least I yeah. have some control over it. And they aren't going to shut it down. And social media is in for a bit of an upheaval, I think. Yeah, I think social media is just hitting that spot where email eventually hit. You yeah. know, it was a revolutionary thing at the time. You know, you didn't have to put a stamp on something and wait three or four days or to a week to get a reply. You know, it was instantaneous. And, oh, that was terrific. And you, you met all, made all these friends that you never really knew. And then Facebook came along and it was even more so, right. you know, and, and, and then Twitter and, and all of these variations of that. Uh, but 
they they get old after a while and they have to keep have to keep coming up with a new thrill to it and uh, i think we may have reached that spot here where it's time for the new thrill and they haven't come up with it yet well and even if social media continues people have to understand uh that there's a shelf life on every app i mean i'm really big on myspace right now but (laughs) i never was on myspace but that's the point whether it be twitter and that's what i didn't understand um about Musk wanting to buy Twitter. Twitter's been around longer than almost anybody, and they got to yeah. be on the decline. Their shelf life has to be coming to an end at some point, just by virtue of 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 um, you know the the normal degradation of any of these things. Now, I heard a story that Jack Dorsey, and I think this is fantastic. Jack Dorsey, who's the man who invented Twitter, he's not in yeah. it anymore. Elon Musk owns Twitter. He's developing a new social media platform that will be more advanced and more, more, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? More intuitive, safer and more intuitive and more interesting. I'd put my money on Jack Dorsey and whatever he's going to come up with over putting money into Twitter and Elon Musk, because I think Twitter is on its way out. I think Facebook may be on its way out too. Yeah, and I, I, I kick myself because I spent the last oh, 10 months developing a, a Twitter platform. I'm up to about, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm by no means a monster. I mean, there's plenty of people on there way more uh, than I do. Uh, I've got about 2,600 uh, yeah. uh, followers, which is not bad, It's but no, it's that's not res- great. That's respectable. You know, that's good. You know, and they're all real. I mean, I'm judicious about scouring for bots and that sort of thing. These are all real people who like what I have to say on occasion. And that's terrific. You know, I was hoping to uh, um, use that and move it, you know, for use that for good. Let's put right. it that way. Right. By good, I mean to make me money. <laughs> well, as, a, as people who spent their lives in media, it's a great outlet, even if it's not money, to right. do what we do. Speak out, be creative, whatever it is. So Twitter offers that that possibility. But you know, the funny thing is I'm not very strongly on Twitter, but I do some stuff on Instagram because it's tied to Facebook. Right. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) I've got a fair amount of followers on Instagram because I basically just put my TikToks on there. Um, but it's, it's funny. I'm constantly getting friend requests (laughs) and they all happen to be these 20 something scantily clad women who think I'm hot as hell? Think I'm? Oh yeah, I get those too on uh, on Twitter. I mean, it's an automatic block. Sorry, girls. But well, uh, well, know. and you know, you may not be getting these because I, I have a few more Instagram and 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 TikToks. But I get a lot of people offering me an opportunity to be in the Illuminati. And I've been, you know, oh, I've been really? kind of, yeah, I get a lot of emails saying, you know, we've chosen you to be in in the Illuminati. You'll get all this money and stuff. So uh, just do this or just do that. And, you know, I've been weighing it both ways. Uh, yeah, I'd like to be a billionaire. I don't know yeah. what, what you have to do to be in the Illuminati, but as I've told people here on the podcast, I'm not much for clo- uh, joining clubs. So I've been well, I, I tell you, except I'd have to kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they want some old white guy doing a fucking <laughs> podcast in the Illuminati. Shit. <laughs> I'd be hard. Oh, I'm sorry. That was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was the Masons. I was thinking of. Never mind. I mean, you know, 
I'd be I'd settle for a fucking advertiser, let alone fucking Illuminati. But yeah, so so you know, there's there there's a lot of what's I heard somebody talking about this recently. Uh, the whole concept of social media was an interesting idea. It was about connecting people and putting out information and having fun and connecting people. But what most of these social platforms have become is just just advertising platforms, people trying to sell other people things. And that that diminishes the whole effect and the whole integrity of any social media thing. If I'm going on TikTok or if I'm going on Twitter, you know, I keep running into these fucking ads and all this shit and people telling you how they make a million dollars. And I, I if, if you pay me 500, I'll teach you how to do it. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it, it's a lot of noise and a lot of waste on these social media platforms and it's perverting the whole concept. Exactly. And what gets me, I'm insulted that people have such a low opinion of my intelligence is what it comes down to. Like the, the women you're talking about, number yeah. one, they're always foreign. They're, they're always in some other country. Um, and um, But they have the exact same message. Oh, I'm so glad that you, because it's always uh, that you accepted my um uh, request or whatever which i haven't done i don't know how they pop up but but anyway um and uh i'm so glad uh and i'm so bored so i made you this picture and i mean it's it's the exact same wording yeah yeah for for probably three or four hundred of these things (laughs) you know i mean that just shows how stupid they think people are. It re- really is true. I, I, do they actually? Do they actually get people to do it? Oh, I'm to sure. Buy, to click on that, I'm sure they do. My brother tells a story. He's on. He's on Instagram. He doesn't post anything. He's just watching. But uh, he will get people coming to him, women, young women, saying, "Oh, you're so handsome. I, I uh, would like to. I would like to connect with you." And my brother says, "What's funny is." The picture in my Instagram is of my golden retriever. <laughs> it's it's so fucking. You know what? The other thing, I, you probably get this on Facebook, and this has happened to me literally a thousand times. I'll get a DM or a PM, whatever you want to call it, on right. Facebook from a known friend. Maybe somebody right. I wouldn't necessarily talk to on a regular basis, but Hi, how you I, I doing? know them. Yeah, they go. <laughs> They'll send me a PM and they'll go, "Hey, how you doing?" I go, "I'm good. What's up?" And and every one of them will say this to me. They'll say, "Have you heard the good news?" And I know what's coming because I've heard it a hundred thousand times. They say the good news. There's this government program for people like us who they're giving us free money, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's a scam. And I know exactly yeah. what happened. These scammers hijacked one of my friends' accounts, and now they're trying yep. to. Pawn themselves as them and trying to get me uh, in on this deal for this free money from the government. Well, I'm not stupid. There is no free money from the government typically. And I know this particular person wouldn't be contacting me about it. So I always say the same thing. I say, you know, I know what you did. You hacked my friend's account. You're coming to me with this lame fucking scam. And uh, I'm going to forward this to the FBI. And, and they say, what do you mean? It's real. I know I got my money. One guy did that to me. One one guy did that to me and he says, ah, yeah, I got all this money and I wanted to tell you about it. 
I go, oh, no, don't don't bother telling me. I got my money. I got $100,000 from the government, free. He goes, you did? I go, oh, yeah, I'm working on another 100 Gs. I got another way to get it. He goes, what is it? I go, of course you know. You're the man in the know. Uh, you know, I appreciate the offer of help, but I don't need it. I'm I, I'm grifting the government from as much money as I could possibly handle. But these fucking people, and that and that's what that's what social media has kind of um, devolved to. It's it's nothing but a a grift and and a sales tool, and it's just not as fun to watch anymore. No, and it's been going on ever since CompuServe. <laughs> Let's face it, you know. Yeah, you got the mail. very first thing. Yeah, the very first thing on any platform is going to be a scam. It just is. I mean, uh, they, these guys, uh, you know, they used to be in carnies. Now, then they were in, you know, dealing stud in the local uh, pool hall. There are always going to be, yeah, yeah, somebody. There's going to be some guy with an angle. Where's the pee? Look under yeah. the shell. Yeah. You know, yeah, no it's shit. the same thing, only maybe a slightly more sophisticated. That's uh, all. That's absolutely. <laughs> Well, we're we're running long here, so uh, we're going to yeah. wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. Ed, thanks for coming in and giving your perspective on the uh, midterms. And now that we know more of what's happening, this next week is going to be interesting, to say the least. And fun. Oh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> fun. The, see, that's the thing is the pressure's off now. Everybody was clutching yeah. their pearls over the midterms. And now that that's over, and I told people that, I said, when it's over, no matter how it goes, the pressure's off. And now we've got a different focus being 2024 or, or the indictments or whatever. So the pressure's off and things are looking good. And uh, democracy will be safe for now. But that doesn't mean we don't have to keep fighting for it. But right. I think. Thanks for coming in. For the folks listening, thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.